I have Jerry. What is up? What's going on? And Josh on the call. What's up, Josh? How's it going, everyone? It's going great. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I haven't talked to you, Jerry, in a minute, so how you doing, man? I'm good. I, I survived the mountains of Western Mass, <laughs> and I'm, I'm back in civilization, so uh, all's well that ends well. Did you get it all caught up on your Harry Potter, Jerry? <laughs> I did. We, you know, it was five degrees outside, so <laughs> we spent the entire weekend in the cabin, but luckily, like uh tmc or i don't even know what these local cable channels are called anymore <laughs> was playing back-to-back harry potter movies so like, well while everyone was at the sweets uh tj's platinum tournament i just watched every harry potter movie back to back the local tv stations <laughs> in western mass are powered by water wheels <laughs> you know once you get a bottle of bourbon and some craft beers you know it, it's not that bad it's no, not that no. Bad. I, I love being alone in the woods it's my favorite place to be <laughs> uh, that's where we met celso in the woods <laughs> he was hibernating <laughs> um all right cool so um we can uh just kind of you know, with the first thing we usually do every week is kind of dive into our week in Legacy. So I know, Jerry, you're out of this one, right? You didn't play any Legacy last week. No, I don't even know what Magic is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, uh, I, Josh, and Josh, you took down the, the tournament up in Brockton, right, uh, a few weeks ago? How, how was that? Yeah, so that was uh, two weeks ago. Um, I don't know, it was good. I won, so that's a good thing. <laughs> um, I think I was... I went... I mean, there was 50 people, so I went 5-1 in the Swiss, and then I won in top eight and top four. And we actually just split the finals because mm-hmm. um, it was an underground seed for first and second. First just got a Badlands, so we just split the Badlands. So um, you each walked away with an underground seed, and then you just took the cash value for the Badlands? Yeah, which is basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Black <laughs> Red Reanimator. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going up a little bit. They're going up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So no, that was a fun event. I was happy they hosted it. Um, it was the first event in a while that wasn't on the first weekend of the month, which is when I have drill. <laughs> um, their next one is the TJ's one was, but uh, oh, man. yeah, every tournament's just on the first of the month. <laughs> right, the, the magic gods just don't like me. That's all. <laughs> uh, uh, did you want to get into the tournament at all? I know we're going to talk about your deck a little later in the episode, but was there anything in particular you, you want to touch on? You were top seed after the Swiss, too, weren't you? I was. That's because I lost round one, so I had to play it out round six because my breakers were very bad. Um, I'm just to go through my matches. Um, I lost. So I was playing a bug, a bug control spicy list. Um, basically, it derived from Jerry gave me access to his Moto account. Mm-hmm. And so I just made a deck based on the cards he had. Um and I Close your ears, Wizards employees. <laughs> <laughs> He's missing some key cards like uh, Leovolds, more true names, um, some cyborg cards, but I make do online. And uh, I actually went to the event trying to play the Bug Standstill from the Brainstorm show. That's the deck I was going to play. Um, but Audible, that about 10 minutes before the event. <laughs> yeah, just you had the support crew around you of de-sleeving the deck, re-sleeving the other deck, writing down the card list like yeah, five I'll... seconds before deck lists are due. <laughs> exactly. One person was sleeving and de-sleeving. One person was writing it down. I was finding cards. Jerry was counting. <laughs> uh, but but it, yes, it was thrown together last minute, but I knew the list I wanted to play. It wasn't like I just was throwing cards together. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to play. Um. And so I, 
I don't know. It's just a very valuey fun deck. Um, we can probably post the list in the show notes potentially. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can go over. You want to just get into the deck list right now? You're throwing me on the spot here. I don't have no. it right in front of me. <laughs> Preparedness, Josh. Come on. I know. Well, it took me oh. 20 minutes to get Skype going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I can go through it. I, I know it. I've been playing it enough on Moto. I know. You know You know it well enough to throw it together five seconds before a tournament starts. Right. <laughs> uh, so for starters, let's go through the creatures. I played four Deathrite, um, four Baleful Strix. Which is an interesting one, like playing four. Most people don't play four. Yeah, um, that that reminds me of like back in the Eldrazi heyday when you just needed those blockers. Right. I just wanted to. I just like the value creature. Um, draws me more cards. It's good against you know all the creature decks, Delver, other bug decks. Um, with the removal not being able to kill some of the bigger creatures like Angler, Strix is a good answer. Um, so that's why I had four Strix. I don't know. I don't know if this list is right. It's based on the Moto list from what cards Jerry had. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man Jerry only has the scraps to give. <laughs> no, now, you, were you, you have most things. You do have most things. <laughs> now, were you running Leopold in that list too? I was. So, so it was the four, four uh, Death Rite, four Baleful Strix. Um, I played three Snapcaster. Um, I played two True Name. And two Leovold, and those are my creatures. That's quite a few creatures for a uh, for a deck. It is, and uh, I don't know. Well, I found out Leovold is insane. <laughs> First-hand experience. <laughs> and it's insane versus me. I found that out, too. Yeah. Uh, but it, that card's crazy. If it, Like, I want to play three, but the making it legend is, just makes that tough. Yeah. But it's so good against so many decks. Um, so that was the creature suite. So for... Non-creatures, I played four Ponder, four Brainstorm, um, four Thoughtseize, which was probably the best card in the deck. Um, I played four Days, which is probably the second best card. Um, two Fatal Push, four Abrupt Decay, two Force of Will. So online, I don't even play any Force of Will, but I figured I'd throw two in the list. I knew Jerry was on Sneak and Show. I can't lose to him. <laughs> <laughs> Main decking red LMS, uh, uh, blah, red elemental blast. <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> just to beat you. Um, Worth it. <laughs> so I played those, and then I played uh, one recoil, which is kind of just a, a fun card for me. But uh, I saw some cheeky plays with recoil over the course of that tournament. <laughs> no, recoil is really fun, and uh, so I could play Maelstrom Pulse as well, but. Well, uh, Remind the listeners, I don't think they know what Recoil does, because it is oh. not something you see that often. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. Very good. Everyone should be playing it. It's one, a blue, and a black. Return target permanent to its owner's hand. They discard a card. That is so interesting. It is interesting, and, you know, in some situations, you know, it's not the best. But for me, it's like either play that or Pulse. Well, I'm trying to play the least green as possible, first of all. Second of all, when I have three Snapcasters... I really wanted the instant speed from Recoil. And oh, because the- Recoil's an instant, too. Damn. Yeah. Yes. So those are the biggest reasons that I was playing Recoil over Maelstrom Pulse. And also, Lands, I think, is not a good matchup, and Recoil can actually kill the 2020. Pulse can't. I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, because like, I, I always think of Merit Lage when I'm looking at something that returns permanence, because that's why I usually want run um, Vapor Snag in my Blue-Red Delver sideboard. 
was just something like Merit Age that I had really no other way of interacting with. Right. Well, even with, like, Gurmag Angler, it's like if you bounce a Gurmag Angler and they don't have cards in their graveyard, you might as well have destroyed it for a few turns because it's going to take them forever to be able to recast it. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially when they're spending, like, their first three or four turns cantripping and emptying their hand, and then they don't really have many ways of emptying their hand again to be able to delve that that Angler into uh, into play. Right. I didn't hit any anglers in the tournament, but I did hit Tombstalker. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of basically the same effect. Against our uh, our buddy Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and then the rest of the deck, I played two Liliana and two Jace. Um, so the point of the deck is basically to fight from as many angles as possible. Um, it's kind of like, if you think Miracles, where they have a couple Mentor and Jace... So they can fight from a couple different angles. It's kind of the same effect. So when people try to beat me, they don't know if they're trying to kill all my creatures, kill my planeswalkers. Then I have creatures like True Name, you know, Flash creatures, you know, everything's value like Snapcaster and Baleful Strix. It just attacks from a lot of different angles. And I think that's why the deck was pretty good for me. Um, I see a lot of similar lists online. So people obviously have the same idea. And uh, that was then. That's how that was the list. Were you were you running manlands? Oh, that, no, but we'll get into the land base real quick. Um, so I played three basic, two island and a swamp, and um, one I played a bayou, a trop, three underground sea, and then maybe nine fetch lands. I only had seventeen land total. Mm-hmm. Um, seventeen land is very low. Right. And I played I played a lot online. I kept getting flooded with uh. The way I look at it is if I'm playing basics, then I can play less land because they're not going to get wastelanded. And I also had eight cantrips plus four bail, plus four baleful strix. So I'm just drawing cards after cards. Um, and so you eventually you'll get to the, be able to cast your three drops and four drops, especially because you have the basic land. So mm-hmm. I noticed you didn't include Deathrite Shaman in that, you know, summing up of your mana sources. Do you not view Deathrite Shaman as a super reliable mana source? Um, no, I do. He's good. I, I was more just thinking of my, you know, the actual land count, and because <clears> uh, I compare it like late game when I got into late game with a couple of the decks, they're just drawing land after land when they have twenty three land. Well, I'm not gonna draw land after land because I only have seventeen in the whole deck. Yeah, six is, that's, you know, doing some quick math, like 20% less? Maybe that's wrong? I don't know. I'm probably wrong, and Aaron's going to point it out on the Facebook group, so we'll find out what the the percentage is at that point. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. But overall, no, the tournament was good. Um, I had some good matches. I played, you know, a close game against Miracles, where I had um, Needle for his Gideon, games two and three. Um, So that was a plus. I played. I did play against Sneak It Show in the Swiss, and I beat it 2-0 pretty easily, actually. Because um, you weren't playing game. <laughs> <laughs> even with the the two Force of Wills main deck. Yeah. Uh, trying to think. Well, Baleful Strix is actually a super annoying deck for Sneak It Show to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so in the Swiss, I got him with like a turn two Liliana, turn three Leovold. And that was enough to just seal it away. And then my sideboard was crazy. So I don't think that I could ever lose to that deck post board. Um, so that's how that went. One thing I do like is how um, how I don't really need Force of Will. For me personally, I, I hate Force of Will. I think it's 
I don't want to say the one of the worst cards in the format, but it's my one of the worst cards to play in the format for me. Because all my blue cards are good. I hate discarding a card, <laughs> you know, removing a card. So that's why I play zero online, and I hedged and played two at this tournament, because Legacy is kind of crazy. You want to have a catch-all, but I don't know. I just hate losing a good card. And so I try to fight it with things like Thoughtseize and Days and other cards. Um the top eight was was I was on camera for the top eight and top four, so if anyone wants to watch those, they can. I think the top four match was shared on the Facebook group, um, but the top eight one, you'd have to get it from like Eric Dupuis, the guy who um, videotaped it. Do they uh, do they stream the event, Josh? They did stream it. Okay. Uh, and the videos are up there. You can you can replay the whole entire event. Um, and if anyone wants to go over the games I played personally, I don't mind. I'll go over plays. Um, they can message me on Facebook if they have questions. But I was I like when my matches are videotaped, um, strictly because I can go back and watch them. I've already rewatched my both my matches five or ten times, <laughs> um, just to go over plays and yeah. what I did in different situations, what I might have did different, what I, you know, just different things. So it's so funny. Like before the call, we were kind of talking in the pre-show about. My recall with games is so poor that it's difficult for me, like, afterwards to kind of do a real good, like, breakdown of a game and see where I made mistakes. Some people can just recall, like, turn after turn after turn what happens in a game. That is not one of my strong suits, so I totally agree. Being able to to go back and see what you did is so helpful. I I totally agree, because even even when you talk right after the match, if someone doesn't remember very well, someone watching might say, oh, why didn't you do this on turn three? You know, and they they can't even remember what the board state was. Yep. <laughs> so having it on camera makes a huge difference. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. That's the event. If anyone has any particular questions, I don't mind talking about it. Um, I had fun. It was good to play. I don't get to play very often now since all the big tournaments are on the first of the month. <laughs> as we Hear that, tournament organizers? Stop making things on the first of the month. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Respect our respect our servicemen. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, hopefully I'll make it to the Star City on the 8th. I might do my... I have one week in a month, two weeks a year. They told me it might start on the 8th. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I did, I did already buy my plane ticket and have my room for Vegas. So I'm oh, not missing... Oh, awesome. I'm not missing that. Dude, that's so. great. I know uh, myself and Kate and Aaron are going out. Um, that's probably not going to be that fun. It's not, it's not going to be... <laughs> Ian, Ian McCown's going too. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of us out there. It's going to be it's, awesome. Yeah. Not going to be that good. Jerry's, yeah. Jerry's just mad because he, uh, his, for some reason, his boss, like, trusts him to run the shop when he's out, so. What do you mean, trust me? He just hands me the keys and leaves all the time. He's like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting very excited for Vegas. I keep looking at, when do you think is the best time to, to get flights, Josh? Do you think, like, you just got to get them now because they're just going to keep going up? I look all the time. I, I don't always feel that way. Um, so I just try to look all the time. Yeah. I know recently there was a couple of really good deals. Um, my flight out there wasn't the best. It was like 180 bucks. Um, but we really wanted JetBlue yep. as much as we could. And we also really wanted to leave Tuesday night so work wouldn't get affected. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't really affect me, but it would have affected Steve. So our JetBlue flight leaves at like 8 and gets in at like 10 or something just because of the time change. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was 180 bucks, but it's also direct flight. 
which was important to yeah, us. Yeah, that's huge. Because you, I was looking at some of them, and they have like, they're they're they have one layover, but the, the flight ends up being like eleven hours because you're stopped somewhere for hours and hours. It's just a nightmare. Right. So. And we're trying to come home Saturday because Sunday is Father's Day. Oh yeah, and that's right. I forgot about that. There is no good flights. The only good there's like a couple good flights, but they leave at like ten a.m. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking. You know, we might go out and enjoy Vegas Friday night, so we don't want to be at the airport at 8 a.m. or yeah, so we don't want to take those. So we ended up booking ours. It leaves at like 2 p.m. and gets in at 11. So I think it was like a little over 400 for our tickets, but uh, you can definitely get cheaper on the way there for sure. Like I said, we paid a little bit extra because of JetBlue. There was an American Airlines one for like 120 bucks recently. Yeah, I have like the Google flights. That just sends alerts to my phone when the price changes, and like there was a buy, there was a buy-in period a few, like maybe like uh, four weeks ago, where you could get round trip for like two sixty. Right. Um, but now that's kind of crept up to like three fifty. So I, I think I might just like my tax returns are coming in, in a couple weeks. I might just bite the bullet and just buy them then. Right. You know? That's what we we just wanted to have it booked. We know yeah. uh, Jay he likes to back out on things. He promises <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I could ask him to go to the moon and back, and he's like, yeah, what day? (laughs) But, so, you know, so I booked the room. He didn't pay me. I was like, all right, I don't know. So we figured if we booked the flights, he can't back out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Back him into a corner like a wounded animal. That's it. (laughs) We locked him in. Awesome. Nice. It was a good time, um, you know, and getting back to magic, I guess. That was my event. Um, I didn't get to play last weekend, unfortunately, but I did watch a lot of it um, as much as I could, but with no volume because I can't have other people while on my drill weekend knowing that I'm watching. <laughs> 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 so that's uh, and I still haven't been able to find the upload. I didn't look today, but yesterday and in, in the on Sunday I looked everywhere. I couldn't find the upload for the replay of the whole event for a t- the TJ's event. Yeah, yeah. They, I actually messaged them. They said they're gonna put it up on Wednesday. I guess I think that's probably when the the next day, their tech guy is going to be around. So hopefully they still have it. They can just upload. It should be automatic on Twitch if they don't have it selected, all obviously, yet. But they, right. it should be in, like, the past broadcast, but it's not up yet. But Yeah, which is pretty frustrating for me. But Because um, I, I particularly like this event a lot because, you know, it's all local people I'm mm-hmm. seeing on camera, everyone I know. Um, I know Sno- Snook very well. I know Zach Hall. I know Rich Shea. So I know kind of everyone involved, so... You know, I'm really excited to watch the replay of the whole event. Yeah, the event itself was really like, I mean, so I went to the, I went to the the Titanium Series uh, Legacy event on Sunday at the DCU Center up in Worcester, and um, there was 61 players for Legacy. Uh, they had, like you said, they had Rich Shea, and who was the other kid who was doing commentary? I can't remember. So that's Zach Hall. Um, okay. I know he he so he used to play a real lot back in the past. Um, I don't know what kind of accomplishments he really has. He was a pretty good player in our area. Um, but then I think he like moved away and has been back. I didn't even know he was back. Um, I know he got into poker, um, but that's why most people don't know who he is, mm-hmm. but All right, I know. Yeah. Who he is. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I went up there to play. Um, I mean, TJ, like Tom always runs a pretty good event. Um, I thought this one was really nice. It was like so the the main event for Modern was Saturday, so Sunday was kind of a, a little bit of a ghost town. It wasn't nearly as big as like I expected it to be. I expected to be I expected to see like a I don't know like a hundred legacy players, but sixty one was still a pretty good turnout. Right. Um, saw a lot of like the local guys up there, Sean and 
I mean, there's too many to name, but I saw a lot of the locals up there, which was really great too. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I ended up taking up um, Blue Red Delver, which I have renamed Is It Miracle, um, <laughs> and uh, so it was a pretty like standard list that I brought. It was just like four Swift Spears, uh, four Delvers, three Storm Chaser Mage, two Bedlam Reveler, which I think I only cast Bedlam Reveler once this weekend, um, which is kind of a bummer, but that card is really good. Um, Four Brainstorm, four Days, a Fire Blast, three Force of Will, four Bolt, uh, two Price of Progress, one Thunderous Wrath, which is where I give the... That's where the deck gets its miracle name from. Uh, four Chain Lightning, uh, four Probe, and four Ponder. Um, the uh, the deck played really well. Um, obviously, I ended up having a pretty good showing. I ended up going 4-2. Um, round one, I played against this kid, Mike. He was on like a Grixis deck, which like didn't... I didn't see any fatal pushes out of his deck in three games, which I was kind of surprised because I felt like if you're playing black, you're gonna play you're gonna play fatal push. Um, he uh, let's see. So I lost game one on the back of his resolve Grimag Angler. Um, games two and three were pretty smooth for me, um, just looking from like the life totals. I mean that matchup feels fine for me. Um, Press progress is really good against them. Um, as long as they don't have, I mean, I don't see any wastelands from him, and as long as they don't get wasted out of the, the early game, I'm usually in pretty good shape against them, just because Price of Progress is so, so powerful. Um, his, like, main removal for his list was Abrupt Decay, which doesn't match up well versus Blue-Red, um, when they're spending two mana to get rid of my one mana creature, um, that's usually better for me. Um, right. it was funny, because later on, <laughs> later on the tournament, I'm, I'm, like, a few tables down from him, and I'm, like, he was talking to his friend, because... Game two, I, like, miracle Thunderous Wrath off the top to kill his Gurmag Angler, which was, like, completely shutting down my board. And he was, like, very upset. And uh, he was, like, just, just bitching about it with one of his friends. And his <laughs> friend was like, oh, yeah, like, that's that's bad. You can never you should never have that in that deck. If anything, they should run Bonfire of the Damned, which would be way better than Thunderous Wrath. And it was it's just like, oh, like, you know, if, if Thunderous Wrath is pretty standard for the blue-red decks now, and if, you know, if you're not, like, up to... Up to the speed in the lists, that's understandable, but I think Bonfire yeah, but, the Dam is just way worse. <laughs> no, but Pat, no, no, he's he's right. You should be running ban- Bonfire of the Damned, <laughs> as well as Temporal Mastery in the sixth <laughs> slot. Yes, Jerry was begging me to run Temporal Mastery, and yeah, uh, probably the sixty second, sixty third, sixty fourth. Well, I guess I'm running Probe, so that's like four free slots, right? Isn't that how that works, yeah. Jerry? <laughs> I mean, each each Probe counts for half, so if you if, if you have you know. Four Four probes, you can go up to 62. It's fine. Think of how much more often your Delvers would flip. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Going back uh, to um, his Grixis list real quick. Yep. I noticed still right now, not everyone has Fatal Push, so it's par- possible he just didn't have access to them. Yeah, uh, that's, that's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were scrambling for Fatal Pushes the day of uh, the tournament two weeks ago. Oh, really? Right, and... You know, a lot of local stores don't have them. They're sold out, and they're five bucks. People don't want to pay that. Okay. Um, even John Hogan, who won the event, and I know him. We play uh, local all the oh, time. Oh, did he end up winning? He did. Oh, nice. I actually played yeah. him in round three. Yeah, he's nice. I mean, I've played him a lot. Uh, but he even said that, because he was running Disfigure, and he even mm-hmm. said because he just didn't have Fatal Push. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it's not That's... necessarily your opponent's decision not to play it. He just might not have had it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that uh, just reminded me of uh, Jay's story from the tournament, uh, where speaking of shortage of cards, we didn't have any. Um, what's it called? The inv- the better envelop 
the like the one with invasive delirium surgery. Yeah, we didn't have any invasive surgery, so Jay was like, uh, I guess I just have to run envelop. <laughs> and he was saying every match he played it, his opponent was like, you know, they printed a better version of that, right? <laughs> He's like, I know, I know, there's a better version. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So so uh, thunderous wrath is great in that deck. I don't think I'd run it as more than a one of, but it does get them sometimes, and it's a nice little five damage off the top for a single red is is pretty powerful in that deck. Um, right. Uh, round two, I played against Brian. He was on sneaky show. This is actually the first sneaky show deck I faced um, out of the three that I that I saw that day. So half my matches were against sneaky show, which actually is <laughs> kind of favorable for for blue red. I was yeah. happy to see three copies of sneaky show than three copies of say like miracles. Um, so game one, he actually resolved a sneak attack, and I got hit with Grizzlebrands twice. Um, he didn't draw seven because, you know, Jerry can attest, like, you just don't, you don't want to do that against the blue-red deck. You want to just take the life gain and see if you can get there. Um, game two and three, uh, I was able to keep him, uh, oh, sorry, game two. So he, he resolved two Grizzlebrands against me, and I was able to still win through that. And then game two, um, I probed him early on and saw like he was just kind of on the on the omniscience plan in that hand, and I just kept him off that and won pretty easily. Um, the, the that matchup feels pretty good in general. Um, and that, that, yeah, that I, I would pretty say much as I expected. I would say after Death and Taxes, Blue Red is probably the matchup I want to see the least playing yeah. Sneak and Show. It's, it's just awesome. a super fast clock backed up by counter magic and and that's the thing is like and that's what got me in round four which we'll get to later but like the one matchup i lost versus sneak and show um in the game in game three it was i just didn't have a fast enough like i kept like a single creature hand and it wasn't wasn't enough to get there like i needed like a little bit more pressure in that game um it was like more lands and like one it was like a well we'll get there but it was like a lands and like a red blast and that was my only counter magic and i didn't really want to mulligan a, a second time in that match but um uh, round three was our feature match against John, um, which actually I'm glad to hear he took down the event because he was, we were playing and uh, he was super super nice guy. Um, he was on like a bug deck, um, so game one it was over pretty quickly with an early early flip Delver. He just kind of didn't really have much interaction that game with me. Um, he ran away with game two um, with a pretty big Tarmogoyf if I recall correctly, and game three. We ended up, they ended up moving us over to camera on game three, and it was ended up being pretty one-sided. I think he ended up having like three or four lands in his in his hand when I killed him. He just seemed to kind of brick off the top of his deck, um, and I, I had enough pressure to, to win. Um, uh, he he was super nice. He said he was up. He said he knows you a little bit, Jerry. He's familiar with you. He goes up and plays at Pandemonium once in a while. So nice. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Super nice guy. Um, round four, I played against our friend uh, Jason Grigley. Uh, he's also a local, obviously a local player. Um, he was also on Sneak and Show, and we were in the feature match area again, but we weren't on camera for this one. Um, so, let's see, game one, he was able to sneak an Emrakul into play. Uh, he was at five life when he stuck the Emrakul into play, so it was, you know, that that, that does not bode well for Blue-Red Delver. Um, I, uh, but it was, it was fairly close. Um, game two was, uh, like, very much in my favor. He had a lot of action in hand, but... Um, sometimes, like, you just draw all your counter spells in with Blue-Red Delver, and you're able to keep him off of any of their plans. Um, and Price of Progress is just very strong in that matchup. Um, and then Game 3, he was actually able to resolve an, an Omniscience and Ember Cool Me to death, um, which is kind of like a bummer, because go- knowing that I was 3-0, had I gone 4-0, it would have made it much easier to get in the top 8, but I knew, like, at that point, you kind of have to win out to get in the top 8, or at least, at least, yeah, probably have to win out if being at, at 3-1. 
Um, so round five, I play against uh, Peter, who's also a friend of ours. Um, he also podcasts uh, on the MTG Cast Network as well uh, on Super Secret Tech. Uh, he was also on Sneak and Show. Um, he lost game one, so we got deck checked, and he failed to decide word properly. So they gave him the game one loss, which kind of sucks. Like no one really wants to lose yeah. the game that way. That was kind that of a bummer. That does suck. Yeah, and he even said it too. He was like, "Oh, he's like, I always get so nervous when I get deck checked. I'm always afraid." And sure enough, like that's what happened, which which was <laughs> shitty. Um, and then they called me afterwards, and I thought I had done something done something wrong, but because I'm always I'm always very careful to, to sideboard properly, because uh, I don't like I, I make it a point to sit there and like go through my whole deck. I don't like get up, walk away, and then like when I sit down on my next opponent, then sideboard. I do it when I'm when after my my match. I agree. Um, but they actually had just lost my deck list. I think I think from going like. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't lose your deck. Well, uh, we did a deck check, and uh, we can't find your deck anymore. No, so, so what happened? I think what happened was they sent the deck list to like to Rich Shea um, for the round three feature match, and then by round f- uh, round five, I was back at the regular tables, and so I think that it just hadn't transferred back back to them. Um, but anyway, that they just had me r- r- fill it out again pretty quickly. It was wasn't a big deal. Um, but yeah, so uh, game one. Uh, sorry, game two, he uh, resolved Emrakul, uh, which killed me pretty quickly. Um, game three was pretty one-sided. I had, like, three Swift Spears out, and it was just, like, being able to, like, bolt attack for six, bolt, att- you know, chain lightning attack for six, and then he was at one and just fetched himself to death. And uh, But it was it was a good game with him. I was kind of bummed to have him lose the first game to, uh, to a technicality like that. It was kind of shitty, but, I mean, it happens as part of the game. Uh, but he was yeah. nice, and... Uh, he was uh he had a pretty crazy crazy story from earlier in the day I'm sure we'll talk about but um and then round six was like, I will go up to the pairing boards and I see him playing against Noah Walker and like looking at all like the names and the pairings list throughout the day he was like oh the one person who the one like you know kind of like magic name I really recognize who's like not I, as as Lawrence put it I hear he is a powerful wizard he is a very powerful <laughs> wizard <laughs> he's very powerful um. So, so him and I were kind of looking at breakers, and like I, I just straight up said to him, I was like, "Hey, man, look, you're gonna know more about breaker math than I will. Can we, can we draw to make it in the top eight? Because we were like the, th- I think we were table four ostensibly. So there were like two, there was two fifteens uh, at that point. We were twelves. There was like two fifteens, uh, three fifteens. I'm sorry. And so like the third fifteen had to play it out against a thirteen. Um, and then there was, like, another pair of 13s above us, or another pair of 12s above us than us. Um, so, th- essentially, we had to play it out. We Neither of us could draw into top eight. Um, or, like, we could dub- we could draw, and only one of us would get in the top eight, um, whoever had the be- better breaker. So we ended up just playing it out. Um, and, like, I think, I don't generally get very nervous playing Magic, um, but he's just a, I mean, he's a very good player, and I think that I just didn't play as tightly as I, as I should have. Um... But he knew I was on blue red, um, and he was not on Grixis like I expected. But he, he was running like a bug list, which we saw a lot of that day. Um, I, cards I remember were like Death Right, Fatal Push, which which really pushed my shit in all day uh, against him, which was rough. Um, Baleful Strix again, like Josh said, is very good. Um, Jace and Click. Uh, game one was pretty close, um, but I lost my opening threat to Fatal Push and my second threat to a Snapcaster Fatal Push, so that was kind of rough. I, it's hard for me to recover from that. Uh, game two, I saw he was like he, I, I had an early probe, and I see in his hand he has uh, fatal push, brainstorm, fluster storm, counterspell, cola guns command, and engineer explosives. And in my hand I have like swift spear, delver, um, like uh, 
like a fire, like a maybe a, a price progress, fire blast, couple lands, nothing like really exciting. Um, so when I probe him, I like see what's in his hand, and like I'm checking him off as he plays them, and I know he has the engineer explosive, so I can't really overcommit to the board and still expect to win. And so I'm sitting, and I see he's got he has enough to like kill me like the following turn, so I kind of have to just sort of just have to make him play out his hand essentially, and um, so. Instead of waiting maybe a turn or two, I just kind of like just kind of went for it, which was probably a, a mistake. Um, but I just uh, I go to he goes to Colagon's command. My uh, what is it called? The uh, Storm Tracer Mage, I think it was. Which I think that deals three damage to the creature, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Uh, oh, that's the command. I'm thinking. Yeah, I thought it was two, but I honestly don't know. Is it two? Then maybe he was trying to Colagon's command a um, a Monastery Swiss Spear. But it was it was something like that. It was, it was one of the like it was Colgun's command. But yeah, it must it must have been uh it must have been betting against Swift Spear because yeah, it's two damage. But anyway, yeah, it's two damage. Yeah, and then discard a card. Yeah, so he so he goes to deal two damage to my guy. So in response, I price a progress him, which would have been for like eight or ten at that point in the game. And then uh in response, what did he do? He counterspells in response. I think um I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. So I so I price of progress. He goes to Colagun command my storm chaser in response with that the the prowess trigger on the stack. And so in response to that, I sack my two volcanics to play Fire Blast. But then he plays Flusterstorm out of his hand and puts two copies on Fire Blast, two copies on Price of Progress. It just totally blows me out. And uh <laughs> and afterwards he was talking to uh he was talking to um uh what's his name? One of the other guys who's who's a pretty well-known player. I can't remember the kid's name. Real real thin dude. But anyway, um, he was like, yeah, he's like, that's probably the most insane Flusher Storm I've ever cast. Because <laughs> it would have been game there. It would've, we would have gone on to game three had those resolved, but I kind of played into that Flusher Storm, and I just wasn't, I wasn't paying enough attention to my notes um, uh, that I had taken down, so uh, just, a, you know, certainly like a lesson learned. It was good to walk away with cash. Um, I ended up coming in ninth, so that was also like, it was good like to not miss out on top eight on breakers. At least it was a pretty clean break to go to ninth. <laughs> You mean Jerry Meath place? Yeah, Jerry Meath place. <laughs> I told I told Noah Walker he was like my final boss that day, and uh, he, it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, it was it was a good event. Um, they I mean they ran a really a really good event. Uh, the you know had no issues with like pairings or anything like that. It seems like they have a uh, an online pairing sheet now, which, which is also really nice. A lot of people are doing that, so it was good. To, it was good to see. Um, but yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a good, it was a good event. I think I will uh, stay on blue red for a while until people get wise to it, because I think yeah. it's still a bit of an unknown quantity in some some respects. So, how is uh, how is the venue? The venue was uh, kind of barren. Um, it was like one of the main rooms of the DCU center. It wasn't like one of the um, like upstairs. They have some like conference rooms and things that are like fairly large, like like big conference halls. This was like on the the ground floor of it, so basically, you know, when you come in the main entrance of the building, I guess that's facing like 290. There's like that big um, that big open hall there, and it's like right through those doors where they had the modern event. Um, that's they had like the first part where that modern event, the modern GP was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the it was it. I know on camera some people were like, Jesus, did anyone show up to this? And like, <laughs> they definitely, I think they prepared for a lot more people than showed up. Um, but uh, but again, it was it was like you know it was day two for the modern event, the second chance modern event, and the legacy event. So it wasn't like the the biggest draws they were gonna have for sure. So I hate when more people don't show up because then like I want as many events as possible, but when not a lot of people show up, 
that you know they're less likely to hold the legacy event in the future. Oh, yeah, totally, right. Totally. Because Tom Tom has also not been the most favorable to legacy in the past. No, right. No, it's definitely, and I can understand at, coming from a business perspective, like it costs it costs real money right. to have like to have judges there. Like even if you're paying them in product, that's still real dollars you're spending. It costs money to rent out the hall mm-hmm. and to kind of gauge how many people you're going to see. All that stuff costs real money. And uh, yeah. there's got to be nothing worse than for a TO to like invest all that money. And I mean, he even did like he even did a pretty good job of getting sponsored ads on Facebook to like have these ads pop up so people see them. Um, but I'm thinking like because it was only like 10 degrees out that day, maybe some people just decide to stay home. When he runs it again, I hope that he has a, a good turnout for Legacy. It'll be sometime in the yeah. summer, I guess. How many no, people I want... played the modern event? Uh, I you know what? Second... I don't know how many people. The second one was like. Under, I think it was under 70. I think it was right around the amount that were okay. there for... Um, about the same amount that were there for the Legacy event, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, the the first one I know had on Saturday had like over 200, or around 200. Oh, okay, cool. That's that's good. That's not bad. Hmm. I, yeah. I don't know what he needed to like to make money on the event, but hopefully, hopefully he hit it. Because I like to yeah. see how he's... It's, you know, he, Tom put, put on a lot of the GPs in the area, and it's... I don't think he has as many GPs or if any GPs this year, so I think he's kind of taken it upon himself to bring some big events to the area. I hope he's successful with it. Yeah, I like like Josh said, you know, the more that they're incentivized to do these types of events, you know, the more events we get. So Absolutely. get out there and go to these things. Oh, totally. I mean, that's and that's the big reason why I like to go to them. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to sit at home and hang out with my kids all day, but like. You know, being out there and, like, supporting the... I mean, I love to go play Legacy to, to begin with, but also just being out there and supporting the community is important for players and, and TOs alike. Right. Um, all right, so moving on, um, I know we did want to talk, and I you, you kind of mentioned it, Josh, when you were talking about um, uh, the Scholars Tournament, but you wanted to mention uh, kind of, like, days in the format and where you think the card's at. I'm really interested because I know you kind of had a, a, a conversation with Jerry about this when you were up in, in, uh, in Brockton, but... Um, why don't you tell me kind of where you think your mind's at with us? Um, I mean, well, everyone has a different opinion about days. Um, I love days. Um, I top eight at a star city in the past when I played death blade with days in it, which no one would ever do. Uh, (laughs) The unexpected days is the best days in death. You know, like what bothered me actually was the whole tournament. Every time I dazed someone, they were like, okay. I was like, just okay, I'm playing Deathly, and I just dazed you. <laughs> if that happened to me, like, if my opponent was playing that and, d- and dazed me, I would be like, what are you playing? <laughs> um, and like I said earlier, so I don't like Force of Will because the two-for-one, where, uh, you know, daze is just a hard counter so many times. And for me, I feel like Legacy is such... The games are determined in the early turns, and if you can... So, for me, Days is always live. Um, early on, it just plays such a pivotal role, um, especially if, if your deck taps out a lot, of course. Um, Days is that much better. Um, but just being able to tap out and, and have a counter and not have a force of will, two for one yourself, um, it's just such a good feeling. Yeah. I played three at the tournament, but since then I'm cutting... Um, I think I'm going to cut a Snapcaster and play a fourth because it's, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason I love days a lot is just because sideboarding, and this is this is part of the conversation I had with Jerry. So a lot of times people, um, so like game two, if you're on the draw, people are like, oh, you should board out days every time on the draw. Well, I don't always do that. 
I base it on what my opponent thinks I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So if my opponent thinks I'm going to board it out, I'm not boarding it out. <laughs> I like that. Some next level stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it happened. Like, I got a Miracles guy. I dazed him in game two, and he's like, oh, that's still in. Because I knew he would play into it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I think people will play around it the whole entire time and go out of their way to play around it, then I'll board it out. Um, but, you know, if you play against, like, a Delver deck, they have to do stuff in the first few turns, or they're just dead anyways. Mm-hmm. So... Days is just always live the first few turns. It's always live against combo. You can tap out safely. I can play my death right. I can play my baleful strikes and just not die. Um, and that's why I love days. Everyone has a different opinion. Everyone, like I said, for the most part, I base sideboard games based on what I think my opponent is going to do, not necessarily how good the card is. Mm-hmm. Um, because the card, you're always going to get someone with days, no matter what. It's just a matter of. You know, do they really go out of their way to play around it for a while or whatnot? Um, yeah, that's that's something you taught me back in the day, is that sometimes the daze that is in your sideboard is just as powerful as a daze that's in your deck. Because if you spook your opponent enough uh, and put the fear of daze into them, they'll play around daze even when you don't have it, if you just bluff it. And you, right. it basically turns into like an imaginary time walk, just delaying your opponent turn after turn. Right. But then you have the people, like, there's so many people out there that think you, if you're on the draw, you just board it out every time. But I, for me, post-board, and a lot of times when I do sideboard, I sideboard against opponents, not necessarily against decks, um, and what I think they're going to do. Um, a huge one for me for a while was when I was playing Shardless, and I played against Miracles a lot, and I played against this local player, Taylor Pratt, in particular, and... Um, I would board out Goyf against him, and he'd bring in Rest in Peace. So then, you know, he has this Rest in Peace, and I don't really care. I can abrupt decay his counterbalances, his mentors, and he has this restless this re- Rest in Peace that's just useless. But then another time we played, and it's usually later in the tournaments, he knew that because we discussed our boarding, how we boarded last time. So I kept Timer Goyf in. He boarded out. He didn't board in Rest in Peace. He boarded out like a Swords. And then I just beat him with it like a turn to Goyf, and he was like, "Don't you normally board those out?" <laughs> but it's just I did. Not I played you. My, <laughs> in my opponents, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, going back to days, honestly, I think the first few turns in Legacy are huge. Um, every deck is different. Like the bug deck I played wants to get to the little middle of the game, the end of the game, um, later in the game. So I just want to be able to survive um, and just. Every deck has to turn has to play early, you know. Every combo deck, elf deck, death and taxes, bant, you know. Every deck plays early, and I don't want to two for one myself with force of will every time. Mm-hmm. In worst case, I discard it to Liliana. I pitch it to the force of wills I have. I put it back with brainstorm. Like worst case, I'll get rid of it, but mm-hmm. it's gonna do something. It it gets a late game hardcast force of will. It gets a greedy person with entreat the angels. It, it, it's just a very good card. I also think it's one of the most important cards in the Bug Mirror, because so much of that deck is based around curving a turn one Deathrite Shaman into a turn two, like, Powerhouse three drop, like True right. Name, Liliana, Lee of Old. So even if you're on the draw, you might not be able to daze the Deathrite Shaman, but you can daze whatever power three drop they're trying to drop. Right. And then even, like, my particular list had four Thoughtseize, and so I could thought seize my opponent. Like I said, that was probably the best card for me all day. I would mm-hmm. take their best card, but I would sculpt my game plan 
around what they had. So if I know on turn three they're going to play a true name nemesis, I'm going to keep my days and I plan on dazing them on turn three. So I can just sculpt my whole game plan with days knowing what knowing their game plan. So I don't know. That's how I feel about days. Everyone's going to have different opinions. Some people think it's not good. Um, but I just think everyone has to tap out. You have all these people playing 18 land decks, 20 land decks. Like they're going to tap out. Yeah. Uh, I always told when I was playing Eldrazi, I always told people to keep days in uh, games two and three because it doesn't matter. At some point, you're going to get them for a ser- like they're going to have like the Eldrazi player will have to tap out. They they have a finite amount of mana and that deck operates in like when you have five mana, like you jam uh, you jam a Reality Smasher. You know what I mean? You just have to do it then. You can't wait to have six or seven mana available. So um, right. I totally agree. I think. It, Personally, like playing from Blue Red Delver, Days is one of my favorite counter spells because again, it's it's free. Um, a lot of times I'm ha- I have to use it at, at you know on my opponent's turn, which isn't like great for for the prowess triggers, which that deck kind of thrives off of. But at the same time, like a free spell out of your hand is always good. Um, right, and you can and, just tap out safely. Yep. You know you don't have to worry. Oh, you have to keep up spell peers. You have to keep up spell snare. Like you can just tap out, mm-hmm. and then you're you still feel confident that you're not gonna die. Yeah, absolutely, and and it also plays into like Force of Will is one of the cards that I will board out uh, more often than anything else because um, having the two for one yourself, like you have to be playing against a deck where they're gonna have a, a a card you can't answer in any other way that you have to two for one yourself. If you can right. avoid that, it's it's so much better. It's so much better like avoiding that by being crafty and really paying attention to what your opponent's playing versus just having like the the. Like you said, the catch-all answer uh, of, of Force of Will, which I think a lot of people right. kind of see it as. Right, and so many people have to run four Force Will, and I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. Like, depending, it, it all depends on your deck. So, you know, I'm playing this Bug Control-ish, Control-ish deck, um, and I have four Thoughtseize, I, I had three days. I forgot to mention I had one Counterspell. Um, <laughs> but I play a lot online, and I just beat people all the time. Mm-hmm. In it, and then... Even in this tournament, I beat Sneak and Show 2-0 both times. You don't need Force of Will. Like, it all depends on the game plan. Leovold, very, very good against them. Baleful Strix, good against them. Liliana is huge. They're a combo deck. That's, yeah. Liliana is terrifying as a Sneak and Show player. Right, because they need to hit Show and Tell. You know, they're a two-card combo deck, and then you still have Days and Thoughtseize to mess with them. And then once Liliana keeps going and going, they're eventually just dead. And then it shuts off half the combo because show and tell is a liability. It's like, okay, you put a number cool into play. Liliana's just going to make you sacrifice it. So when it's not stripping your hand, it's killing any creatures you do manage to get into play. Right. And so is that I play against like Storm, kind of the same effect, except now you have Death Rate that's really good against them. You have um, you play against Dredge. You have Death Rate again. So you don't need Force of Will to beat these combo decks, depending on the deck that you're playing, of course. And in this particular case, when I had Liliana, Leovold, Deathrite, all these other good cards, you didn't need Force of Will. Like I said, online I do very well, and I don't even play any. I play four in the sideboard. Um, my sideboard's geared towards combo, so games two and three, I'm going to crush combo anyways. But um, I just think some people think it's automatically, all oh, they should automatically play four, and I think... That's not always the case. I think it just depends on your deck and in how you can what you need force will four versus for versus certain decks. Mm. 
I have a question. You guys will probably know this. So, Leovold is whenever you or a, point, or a, a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability, is that correct? Yes. So, does that mean, like, if someone goes to tendrils you, you get to, like, draw ten cards? Yes, and I actually heard a story where, <laughs> where someone got tendrils, and everyone resolved, they drew a card, and eventually they hit plus the storm, and then just caught, countered the rest. <laughs> Because you get to don't you the, choose don't new the, targets for the copies. Well, don't don't like the tendrils go on the stack. All ten copies go on the stack. Then you draw all ten cards right then, or do you draw each time tendrils targets you? Because doesn't like the only the original spell target you, and the copies are just the copies. Isn't that how that works? So when um, the copies go on the stack, you choose new targets. So yeah, I th- well no, because Leovol would trigger each time, and then it would move to the next copy of tendrils. I'm not sure exactly how the stack works in that case. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I've been playing this game for a long time. I'm not very good with rules. Yeah, me either, man. Me either, man. Me either. Oh, yeah, you don't say, Mister so. Instant Speed Chain Lightning. I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I. This is just my feeling. This is kind of how I play Magic. That's why I get I get got a lot of times in the rules interactions. Like Chain Lightning should be an instant. That's just how it feels. Uh, but I feel like you draw those ten cards. Bolt man, it's a slow ass <laughs> lightning bolt. Because <laughs> like those those they they go. I don't think you choose a new target every time a copy of it resolves. I think you choose a target when you play the original spell, and then it storms out. Yeah, no, well, I guess just, you do. No, you're right. You do get to choose new targets for the copies. So I'm just saying each copy it counts as a target trigger. That's true. Why you draw so? M- I know you definitely draw a bunch of cards with Leovold. Yeah. I'm just not sure if you take the damage incrementally like, or you draw, two, draw a card. To, or, I was, you know, draw a card, take two, draw a card, take two, kind of thing. In the yeah. story, I was told that they drew a card after each one resolved okay. because then they were able to fluster storm the rest of the copies. Hmm. So I don't know if that was right or wrong, or whatever. That's just yeah. how the story went. That's pretty. That's pretty. Sick. <laughs> Sounds like a big fish tail to me. <laughs> well, speaking no, of Leovold, Leovold is very good. Um, speaking of Leovold, it's it's so good versus every deck. I mean, elves, it's good against. Um, I played against Negan Show in the top eight, the one that was on camera. He ended turn brainstormed. I said, uh, "That's not good for you." <laughs> <laughs> he had to put two back, and then I just, you know, make him discard some more cards. <laughs> that's like that's like when some when you're playing against like Death and Taxes, and they violin. What is it, Spirit of the Labyrinth? When you go yep. to cast Brainstorm, oh, that is the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> right. It's worse when you just do it on board, staring it in the face, and you just forget. (laughs) Actually, no, that happened to me. So, you know, this is my first. This was my first time playing against Leovold, um, and I had I had one Jit in my sideboard. Well, I played against uh, I played against a Learn, and I had Jit in play on like a Strix, and I'm attacking him. Jit has a bunch of counters, and he has Leovold out, and I'm slowly picking off his guys, and every time he's like. Oh, I can't believe I missed the trigger. And then, like, the next turn, he would miss it again, but I kept missing it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, if I knew he was going to miss it, then I, then I, maybe I would do it, maybe I wouldn't. But I kept forgetting that he was missing it, and then he kept <laughs> actually missing it. So <laughs> it kept working in my favor every time, and neither of us remembered. Like, every turn, I was just like, oh, kill your guy. And then, <laughs> 
<laughs> you were just not playing around Leopold, and you just... Neither of us were. Like, we totally forgot the card was there, and he remembered, like, the following turn. He remembered, like, three turns in a row, he remembered. That's awesome. Um, that reminds me of the time my opponent abrupticated my Merit Lage, so I dazed it. <laughs> <laughs> and both of, us are like, both of us are stupid. Let's call that a wash. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Did you? So that's wanna... my take on on days and force of will and. I yeah, I mean the, the, different. the blue red uh, list that I'm running now only runs three copies of force of will. And honestly, I could see it going down to two to run like an extra, something extra in the, in the main deck, you know, maybe like a click or something. Right. Um, I know, like I was watching on camera, Rich Shea and uh, I forget who he was with, either Zach or Adam. They were watching the finals match, and it was against Miracles versus Bug Delver. And Rich Shea was like, "Yep, you definitely sat out four days." And Rich is a very good player. He wins a lot, and he's very, very good. But like I said, I, I like playing my opponent, not necessarily the deck, mm-hmm. where Days might be bad against Miracles with Bug Delver, because um, they can easily play around it and then just slowly pick off you guys with one mana Terminus or one mana Swords. But I just tell people, play your opponent. You know, Every match is different. Every game is different. How is your opponent going to play? Um, you're playing a Stifle Wasteland deck. I mean, Days might not be that bad, but... You know, that it might be the worst cards. So maybe you do board it out, but well, those are, those are the shortcuts we all make too, right? In our minds to make things easier, because like even the even the sideboarding games of Magic can be incredibly difficult depending on how deep you want to go. And like you're totally right. Like if someone is playing against Miracles, like the first thing a Days deck you'd imagine wants to do is board out your Dazes against right. Miracles because they're going to have a pleth. They're never going to miss a land drop. They're going to have a ton of mana available. But you're right. Like there are there are corner cases where days is going to be just good, and it also you know you can shuffle it away, you can discard it to Lily, depending right. on the deck that it's in. You have options of, of what to do with that days. Like in blue red, for instance, there are less places for me, less ways for me to get rid of days or to utilize it in other ways. Like I'm, I don't have a ton of force of wills. You know, I'm only running three, and I'll probably side out a couple of them against miracles, or I have you know only like you know three you know four brainstorms but that's really the only other way i can get rid of that card i don't have lilies to pitch it to or anything um, right yeah so well, that's so it's that's... totally relevant to the to the, the deck that you're playing you know right so that's like uh in the sneak and show facebook group people are actually talking about adding days to sneak and show omnitel and i'm not completely sold on the idea but it is interesting you know that you bring up pat that you know some decks have ways to better utilize days where when it does become dead you can easily get rid of it mm-hmm. uh, and i don't feel sneak and show is one of that those decks you basically only have brainstorm and maybe adjacent if you're lucky you don't have you know pitching it to liliana well, i guess you can always pitch it to force of will uh but it, it's still just like harder to get rid of um so it i i don't think days is right for every deck i think it's definitely right. better in certain styles no i i definitely agree with that yeah I, just like i don't think you should always board it out and i think some matchups you do always want to board it out but it's all it just depends there's no clear-cut days is good days is bad um i board four out no matter what versus this deck because you know if your opponent is going to play into it if i know my opponent is boarding four out every time Games two and three, I'm playing into it on purpose, knowing that he's boarding it out. Yeah. If I don't know what my opponent's going to do, I'm going to be safe and play around it as much as possible so he has a dead card. 
So one thing I consider when I daze is, and whether I board it out or not, is how badly it's going to affect my mana base in this particular matchup. Like, I'll pretty much always board daze out against something like Pox, because I know setting myself behind on a land drop is the last thing I want to do against this style of deck. Uh, does that play into your kind of decision at all, Josh? Well, it depends what deck you're referring to. Like, a lot of my decks, I would probably keep it in against Pox. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know in the early turns, that's when they're like Dark Ritual, him, you know, Thoughtseize, Sinkhole. They're trying to play all these powerful cards early on. And if you can daze those, like even daze in like a smallpox or, um, so in that particular matchup, I might keep daze because I don't want a card like Force of Will. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want a two for one myself. But right. Once again, it depends what you're playing as well, you know? But they're, they're trying to kill my land and daze just helps save it. True. So it all depends. Every matchup, every player, every deck is different. So so I wouldn't say is it good in the format, is it bad in the format. I love it, but everyone's different. Everyone plays different decks. So just take it with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or or chug it whole. Just drink the Kool-Aid, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, did you want to get uh, any further into the Bug Leavold deck? I know we kind of went over the list already. Was there anything else you wanted to add to it? Because I know we had... Uh, Jerry said you had some spicy tech in there. Um, I'm assuming that was the, uh, what was that, that one blue-black? Recoil. Yeah, Yeah, the one of Recoil. That's pretty Um, sweet. That's very sweet. Um, And like I said, I more played that kind of over Pulse for one, the mana issues. Uh, I didn't want to fetch out green as much as possible. Um, For two, because it was instant. So I had three Snapcaster. Yeah. the three, I really like the card, because I used to play it a lot back in the day. <laughs> uh, and then for four, just um, just because I thought the lands matchup wasn't very good, and I thought that was a better answer than Pulse against lands, where I had Deluge, I had a lot of removal against other things where Pulse might be pretty good uh, for tokens and whatnot. So um, so that, those are my reasons to play Recoil. I don't necessarily think it's better or worse. You just have to have a reason to play it. Um, and people are always like, what is that? And it's foreign and it's awesome. <laughs> you got to get Jap foil copies. They're probably not that much. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Um, uh, I don't know. That, maybe we'll cause a buyout. Did Did you hear, Pat, that uh, yeah, Rick Devouring? <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster, Jerry. J- Jerry Gate is true. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That's so great. So, Everyone watch for a uh, foil recall, uh, <laughs> recoil uh, price spike. <laughs> yeah, the card's the card's good. I mean, is it amazing? No, it's not amazing. But should it see play more often than it does, which is literally never? Probably, because it is good in bounces at any permit. Planeswalker, boom. Chalice, boom. You know, I, a land, you know. Uh, oh, and it's modern legal, too. It was printed in Ravnica. Hmm. Yeah, because if they have no cards in hand, it literally is just an instant speed vindicate. Oh, I'm sorry, I lied. That's that's a Johnny vs. Nickel Bolas. <laughs> <laughs> Poor resolution. Sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's just an instant speed vindicate, you know. So, yeah, I, know, I like it. Yeah, I think people. It's one of those rare cards where people look at and instead of seeing the best case scenario, just view it as the worst case scenario. <laughs> like, when you first read it, it's like, oh, they can just discard any card that's not really answering anything. Right. But 
it it really even just getting the permanent off the table and even if it's like a token it's so much value it's like oh bounce your merit lace token and discard another card from your hand <laughs> right and you got to think of the situation so like my deck had a brub decay so i can answer most things with decay uh, i'm never going to play it on turn three um ever unless i'm just dead so i'm going to play it later game when they don't have cards in their hand or when it's like really beneficial for me you know so that's when i'm going to play it so more is like an instant speed vindicate you know not turn three where they just discard a random card you know true so that's how i feel um yeah recoil is good the sideboard i didn't go over the sideboard um which i can real quick i played three surgical um two force of will one jit one diabolic edict um two toxic deluge um two fluster storm and i think that is it oh and two pithing needle um uh, which the pithing needle were very good yeah um, when, I, when i played against miracles i had it for top both games two and three and then he played gideon's gideon game two and three and both times i had the needle waiting because um, <laughs> a lot of times i'll keep a needle because i know it's very good against them so I don't want to preemptively name Jace, though, because I have my own Jaces. So if I draw mine before his, that's just awful. So I'll just hold it until, you know, if he drops his Jace, I'll play a Needle. So I don't just die to his Jace. So um, so that was the sideboard. Deck's fun. Um, I have a couple other people locally playing it, Brent and someone else. Um, and they're having fun with it. They like it. The biggest thing is it's really slow. Um, mm-hmm. It attacks with one ones, basically. Um, so. <laughs> just your style josh Kill yeah, with one like, once. <laughs> but uh not a lot of people do but i just like it fights from a lot of angles you know they they have to beat the card advantage one one billful strix you know and end of turn snapcasters the true name that can't be targeted all the while you might just beat them with planeswalkers you know so so that's why i, I like the deck just it's hard to if i was playing against it it'd be hard to come up with a good sideboard plan on how to beat it that's all but True. it doesn't mean the deck is the best deck out there. Legacy's crazy. You know, there's a lot of good decks. So, which real quick, let me bring up one thing. Cause someone asked in the Facebook group, like, Oh, what is the meta like? And for me, I always hate that question because in Legacy, there's so many good decks and then there's so many good tier two decks and so on and so forth. So, you know, if you have, if you're going to GP Vegas, Oh, what do you think the meta is like? It's going to have every single deck. Like, mm-hmm. You're going to play, you could be like, okay, Miracles is going to be 50% of the field, which it never would be, but even so, even if it was 50%, you could easily just not play it. So you just want a deck that's overall that you can play very well and have a good range of good broad sideboard cards. Um, and that's how I feel. You could, you could be prepared, prepared for Delver and just never play it. Legacy is just this crazy format that Unless you go into a local meta where there's 30, 40 people and you really know what the good players are on, you know, all right, all the good players are on Storm. So I need to beat Storm because the four good players in the room, you know, and, and by good, there's a lot of good players, but like the top echelon, like the Noah Walkers and whatnot. Um, and that's how I feel. So when people say, oh, what's the meta? I just hate that question. Mm-hmm. I, I never want to answer it personally. Um, my friend Jay is playing a lot on Moto because he's going to Vegas. And I just tell them to grind, grind randomly on Moto because that is exactly how a GP is going to be. And then he played. I was like, what did you play last 10, 10, 10 rounds? And he played one deck twice. I was like, that's exactly how a GP will be. 
So don't worry about the top two decks, the top three decks, because you could just never play them. But that's how I feel. Everyone might be feel feel differently. Um, no, I but. think that's very reasonable, especially the big tournaments. It's it's one thing to ask the meta at like a local shop, like that's entertainment, because you can probably yeah be be much more specific <laughs> as to what the right. meta is like there. But you're right. Like if you're going to a tournament that's going to be players in the area. You're going to get a pretty like wide range of decks there. It's not like there's one consistent metagame. It is something of a silly question, because the only place where you see one consistent metagame is Magic Online, and even that is pretty distorted by the frequency at which some players play their decks, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. You have a guy like Chris Ditson who like has a ton of uh, 5-0s on Magic Online playing Miracles, but... He also accounts for like a pretty large percentage of the miracles finishes. So even if like the the breakdown of like the meta game on say like MCG Top Eight is saying like miracles is twenty percent, it's actually pretty significantly lower than that. You just have one player who's jamming a ton of games with that deck and having and posting a ton of good finishes with that deck. And more importantly, um, so yeah, it's de- it's totally dependent upon you know who's going to show up that day. And you're right. I think the best preparation for any tournament is be proficient with your deck, know your matchups against like you know, what you consider the top five decks in the format, and, and then go from there. Right, I mean, exactly. Nothing, yeah, Have a sideboard that, you know, can can be pretty diverse if mm-hmm. you play random things, because you got to play against random things. Yep. A random Chalice of the Void deck, you know, lands. There's just so many broad decks, so just have a, a general plan for most decks, and uh, just go from there. Yeah, it's like, la- it's like last week I was playing in the Community Legacy League and played against... Uh, Mandalus Dredge twice, and I didn't have any graveyard hate, and it was fucking miserable. You know, <laughs> it's just going to happen sometimes, you know? <laughs> right. And how come? You just didn't want to play it? Just... Uh, well, no, we just... The Community Legacy League is pretty small. It's usually, you know, like 20 to 30 players, and we just... I haven't really seen, like, consistent reanimator strategies in the last few months. Right. And so I just... I Instead of playing, like, uh, a couple copies of... Um, of uh, Graph Digger's Cage, I played two copies of Blood Moon because there's a Turbo Depths deck that really, like, really, really, like, has my number on that league. Uh, one of my <laughs> friends plays it, so I bring. I oh, uh, Negator Seventy Seven. That's right. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I've, he, heard, uh... I've heard good things. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking with uh, Curtis about Tom uh, at the tournament on on Sunday because Curtis and Tom know each other because they're both they're both well known in the source and on Magic Online for playing uh, the Hex Depths deck and. Uh, but yeah, so that's just—it's one of those things where you just again—it's it, that's the the general meta I expect there. But again, because anyone can play in that league, like you now this week we had two Mandalus Dredge players and it made my life miserable, you know. Right, but then next week they might not play it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They could be, they, be on something totally different. So. Right. We have, you know you're, you're gonna see all kinds of things in Legacy. I think that's what makes the format so awesome. You know, it's not standard where it's literally like three or four decks are the are the decks to play and everything else is trash. Legacy, like, there's a ton of viable strategies. So many. I mean, yeah. just Delver alone, you know, there's three, four, five good Delver decks, and mm-hmm. then there's Miracles, then there's, like, a couple different kind of Bug decks, Sneak and Show, Storm, a couple different kinds of Storm, Elves, Dev and Taxes. I mean, I could rattle off 15 decks that could win the tournament tomorrow, and then another 10 or 15 that potentially could win the tournament. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, like, even Bug, bug Hex Depths, like, Bug Turbo Depths, or right. Black Green Turbo Depths is a deck that, like, 
it took down a tournament not that long ago. It took down one of the uh, Star Cities, I think, if I'm, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. it did. Black and, Red uh, Reanimator. I mean, yeah. the list keeps going on and on. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think it's just asking about the meta is something that's so, like, um, just it's so stereotypical magic player, like, conversation to have. But I think you're 100% right on that. It's just, it's it's unpredictable. Right. So just be prepared, play your deck very well, and have a good sideboard plan for, you know, most of the decks. Yep. So. Totally. All right, awesome. So, um, Jerry, we have a, what, another, by the time this posts, about another week left on the shirts. Is that correct? Yep. Shirts are up. The link is on the Facebook group. It's on Teespring. If you just search Leaving a Legacy on Teespring, uh, teespring.com, it should come up. Um, so yeah, it'll be another week and then we'll see about maybe doing it again a little while, but don't expect it to, uh, be available all the time. So if you're looking to get a shirt, get it soon. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put those, uh, those in the show notes as well. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, Josh, if anyone wants to find you, get a hold of you, where can they find you, man? I know you're on Facebook a little bit on the group page. Yeah, I usually don't post, but it's nothing against you guys. I just don't even post on Facebook in general. <laughs> but if anyone wants to reach me, definitely they can message me on Facebook. Um, I'm totally open for that. Like I said, even those two videos, um, they can look at top eight, top four if they have questions. Maybe how did I sideboard? Why did I make some plays? Or even just questions about the list. Um, you know, definitely reach out to me. I I love magic. I love talking about magic. Um, that's why I like coming on the show. Trust me, I watch Magic every day on my phone. Um, I watch, it doesn't matter what it is, standard, draft, it doesn't matter. Every weekend there's Magic, I watch it. Um, so definitely hit me up, feel free to talk. And I, I love to talk Magic, so. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Jerry, if someone wants to find you, where can they get a hold of you, man? I'm on Facebook, on the Facebook group, also Twitter, at Jamie Third. Uh, you know, same with same as what Josh said, hit me up, any questions, always love to talk. Awesome, awesome, and you can find me at Pat Uglo on Twitter, uh, stream is twitch.tv slash Pat Uglo, you can find the group, uh, just search for Leaving Legacy on Facebook, and uh, Jerry, you got a diet roll, man? We're not doing scoops? Oh, of course. No, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> who, who do we got for I know we already Jerry? Can, yeah, I know we covered uh, two top eights, but we got one more top eight in us. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. So why don't you talk about who are you scooping in the top eight this week, Jerry? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Josh. want to scoop you in for coming on. Always great having you on here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and also, Pat, I listened to last week's episode, and bravo, sir. I thought you did a great job uh, interviewing Tom. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Tom's a Tom's a great guy. He's a uh, a wealth of knowledge, uh, much like Josh. And uh, anytime you get to pick a guy's brain like that, it's always a pleasure. Nice. Uh, what about you, Josh? You got any scoops? Oh, uh, I'll scoop in you guys first of all for having me on. <laughs> um, and then I'll scoop in the tournament organizers. You know, scholars. They they made an effort. They had a big event, which was nice. They have another one coming up April first. Um, I'm a little worried about that one. I know I can't make it because I have drill, um, but it worries me because it's the week before the Star City. Mm-hmm. So, in one, you know, on one side of the shoulder, you could say, "Oh, people want to go and get practice right before the event." But more than likely, I f- I'm worried that people are going to say, "Oh, I'm going to play event next weekend, so I'm going to skip this one." Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping they don't have a low turnout because I want them to keep running the events. 
So if they get 20 people, they might not hold one of those again. So right. make sure you guys go to that event. I can't make it, but please represent it. So they'll keep holding them every month, every other month. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's how I'll scoop in. Awesome. Great. What about you, Pat? Uh, man, I got a lot of, a lot of people to scoop in. Um, I'm just going to do the ones off the top of my head. Uh, that I wrote down. So Sean, Ian, Curtis, Blake, uh, all the guys we know from TE in that area, really appreciate uh, getting a chance to talk to them, had a good time with them on Sunday. Uh, Jason Grigley, one of our listeners who I got a chance to meet for the first time um, and get to play against uh, TJ's, uh, TJ Collectibles, and Tom Shea for hosting the event. It was great. Again, like to- totally agree with Josh. Um, really want to see these tournament organizers who kind of go out on a limb to support the legacy format. I want to make sure they have good good turnouts and are encouraged to run at more events uh, and uh, yeah, just scoop them into top eight as well. And that's all I got, man. Awesome. You got to die, Jerry. I, I do. All it right. is up. Oh, found him. I found him. Were you looking for the songs? No, nah, I was looking for the die. Oh, <laughs> they, they like to run away. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, I learned how to play D and D for the first time last oh, weekend. Did you really? I, <laughs> yeah. man, I have friends who play that and I want to play so bad, but I, I just don't like when they they do it on Thursday nights, and I always work Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was frustrating the uh, was it dungeon. I think dungeon masters, the main guy. Mm-hmm. I think I was frustrating him because I was just exploring the realms of whatever the fuck I could do. <laughs> so I was just like, I check under this rock. <laughs> He's like, there's nothing there. I check under this rock. There's nothing there. Just move on. I want to check under this other rock. <laughs> there's still nothing there. Just go to the next room. <laughs> Uh, but yes, let's roll some more d20s. Uh, we got 14 today. Uh, so many. One, two. Uh, Chris Chichi requests Wagon Wheel by the Old Crow Medicine Show. Oh, hell yeah! Good call. That is an awesome song. <laughs> I like the uh, Darius Sucker version myself. I mean, I, I'm I'm also partial to Mumford and Sons version, but Old Crow is the OG. All right, man, we'll get him on there. We'll get him on there for that. Hell yeah. Play us out with some sweet old crow, Pat. <laughs> that sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah, you play that old crow. <laughs> Headed down south to the land of the pines. I'm thumbing my way to North Carolina. Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights. I made it down the coast in 17 hours. Picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers And I'm hoping for Riley I can see my baby tonight So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel Rock me, mama, any way you feel Feather in an old time string band. My baby plays a guitar, a big band to now. All oh, North Country winners keep forgetting me, and I lost my money playing poker, so I had to up and leave. But I ain't turning back. Blue that old laugh, no 
south out of Roanoke. I caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long toke. But he's a headed west from the Cumberland Gap, a Johnson City, Tennessee. And I gotta get a move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling my name, and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will die free. So wreck me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, any way you feel. Hey, mama, rock me. Rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Uh, all right, well, uh, Josh, thanks for hanging out to the man. Really appreciate it. Sorry we had su- such an issue with the mics earlier. <laughs> no, no, that was definitely my fault. My laptop had to be upgraded, and then I couldn't find it in the App Store on my Mac, so I had to look for it. But <laughs> we got it. We're good to go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and Jerry, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure, man. I don't know. Uh, are you getting out to see you anytime soon? Uh, not. I'm going to PAX East this weekend, so I'm oh, not going to be able to make it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah. Oh, did you get your thunderous rats, by the way? I did. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I got all, all three of them. I only need one, but I had to order three, so it made the minimum shipping. So <laughs> I'm actually uh, uh, Grigley. Jason was nice enough to. Um, he was telling me that Hararuya like just recently started a new shipping method that takes a little longer, but the packages went from like being twenty dollars for an envelope to five. So oh, the that's shipping costs went way down, so we're gonna put an order together and split the, split the packet, split the cost, because uh, I want I'm gonna get the uh, the blue red Delver deck all Japanese now. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, be, be sweet. And then I'll have the, the, eventually what I'd like to have is one in English and one in Japanese. You know. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm ordering Japanese recoils right now. <laughs> you should. Mine's Chinese, so I'll buy one off you. <laughs> uh, they have five available. You want one? Kind. Yeah. How much? Yeah. Are they? They're ninety nine cents. Yes, please. <laughs> um, and Pat, if if the TJs, uh, if they do post the video, yep. I know it's only you said it was only game three of yours, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd ha- I'd be happy to go over the game with you. I I love that type of stuff. Like yeah, that would be that awesome. Dissect the matches and what you could have played, what you could have did, or what you did do. Because um, not only could it help you see other lines. But it could help me thinking about lines and what you did, because I might not be thinking about what you did and why yeah. you did certain things. So I love doing that type of stuff, because I'm always wondering what people are thinking in certain situations or were you playing around a certain card. Um, so I'm totally up for doing that if you want to, if they do yes. upload the video. Yeah, one, I'm definitely 100% down for that. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, because I know that always helps me trying to talk about games and you know, when people said, oh, why didn't you do this? And then I'm like, well, I didn't even think about that. Thank you. Because then you yeah. learn, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I like I said, I played I, you know, I played football for 11 years, and I've watched many, 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 many hours of game film, and that was always my favorite way to, like, be able to criticize myself, you know? So um, right. I, look at, I look at being able to watch replays as, like, looking at game film, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hear Josh likes watching streams, too. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do. I, I watch a lot of Magic, but... <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy it. Um, like I said, even even the top eight and top four that I had on camera that night, I watched them each a couple times. Like during the week, I've watched them a couple times because I just like to know the lines and what I could have yep. did. And it, it also shows your drive to be like to be a better Magic player too. I think you know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that that definitely is is it. Uh, I know I don't play enough though, so I know I can't like get to like the next level. But I don't. You can't really get the next level playing Legacy anyway. So no, and I think like yeah, yeah you got to pick a different format if that's your goal. You know, right? But you can definitely you know, like guess play playing against someone like for instance Noah Walker. Like, he, um, it's really interesting to see how relaxed he is and how like second nature. I think a lot of the stuff that he does that he comes to him like it doesn't look like he's ever really thinking too hard about stuff so right. that's the point I want to get at where I don't look like I'm thinking hard anymore because I don't like thinking so well it's also just surrounding yourselves with uh, players better than you you know that's how you get better is you play against good players like if you play against Noah Walker every day it's going to be playing him is going to be like a walk in the park yep yeah totally right. no totally. that's totally true um, and I remember playing against Noah I don't know five years ago like 10 years ago when the kid, when he was like 10 years old, 12 years old. So it's crazy to see him now, you know, and how well he's doing. But yeah. uh, when you surround yourself with good players and you're playing a lot, you're getting a lot of reps in. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Actually, yeah, and I'm looking at, like, my opponents, and I'm looking at, like, the, the top eight rankings for pairings, and I played one, two, uh, at least two of the people in the top eight. Yeah, you played three. Three. Three of Played them, John, Jason, and uh, Noah. And Noah, yeah. yeah. So definitely had like a, a a a tough road to get there, you know. Right. Playing against, playing against really good players on Sunday, so I was. Oh, I forgot to. to I forgot to scoop Jason in for top eighting. He top oh, nice. four actually. Oh, he, oh yeah, that's right. Oh well, I can just add it in post. Yeah, just just add in scoop into Jason for uh, top fouring on oh. uh sneak, on a uh, show and tell with sneak attack sneak sneak Omnitel. I don't even yeah. know what to call that deck anymore. Well, he he has an interesting <laughs> sideboard. He's running like the Cunning Wish plan in the sideboard. I think if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it before the tournament, and I was like, just don't do it, man. Just don't do it. And then he has yeah. to go in top four and show me up. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> oh man. And yeah, right. Pat, if you if you just keep streaming and keep not even stream of just playing moto in general, just grinding games. Uh, my friend Jason, you know, he's a pretty good player. He used to be a lot better. He doesn't really play a lot, but that's what he's been doing a lot. He's the one that commented um, on your post today or someone's post about Blue Red Delver. Oh, yeah. Um, that's him. He sometimes has wacky ideas, um, and so I have to turn him down. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's trying Blue Red Delver, and... He's been playing a lot on Moto, a real lot. Like I think he played like forty matches just today. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, and that's the best way to to get better. You're playing against random decks, try out different cards. So that's what oh, you yeah. do. His Definitely. current list is weird. It has Kiln Fiend, Apostle's Blessing. Um, I don't know. He's doing all crazy things. I haven't played <laughs> him yet, so I haven't shit on him yet. But yeah. But I know yeah. Apostle's Blessing, he said people were, like, disenchanting his, no rod, his uh, Pitting Needle and no Rod, and he just Apostle Blessing it. Blessing it. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my suggestion if you want to just try to get the most games in. Because when you go to, like, TE, you get in, like, four rounds, you know? Right, yeah. You know? I've, I've been playing more Moto now than I have, in, I mean, ever before. I play more, a lot more Moto than I play Paper at this point. Right. And, uh... Yeah, I really, um, I feel like it's definitely helped me quite a bit, but I just need to play more leagues Unless Right now I just play the CLL every week, but I need to play like a lot more leagues and just grind those games out, but... Right. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like, yeah, it's, it's getting better, you know, I, I really I yeah. really would have liked to top eight that event last, this week, but, um, you know, ninth still felt pretty good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. 60 players, that's awesome. Um, so. I've been playing Moto 2, but 
I need Jerry to buy some Leovolds and more true names in a better size. <laughs> you buy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are crazy expensive right now. Uh, right. Exactly. So that that's why, you know, it, it's testing, but it's not the testing that I'd like. Yeah. That's kind of why I stopped playing Moto is I would just get frustrated not having my paper collection online. Right. Yeah, that is like a bummer, especially because the paper, you know, I don't know, I feel much more attached to my paper collection than my Moto collection, you know? Yeah, well, I just feel I would be on Moto all the time if I had my paper collection online, because I would just be constantly trying out different decks. Mm -hmm. Like, I have so many deck ideas that I want to put together in paper that I haven't, just because I don't have enough events to take it to. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Whereas if I did it online, I would just be throwing those together left and right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Tonight, I had a really good time. Oh, thank you. Thanks a little, again. a little mini episode after the regular episode ended. Yeah, I like those. Those are the good. Those are the ones I keep for myself in a special folder. <laughs> I listen to them. Please don't implicate me and Josh with things found in your special folder. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I will. Uh, I'll talk to y'all later. See Sounds you, man. good. All right, have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>